freshman year of Bible college. I just had a fearful thought just now, first time I've had this thought. We may lose him next summer. He might make one of those singing groups for the college, and then we lose him for the whole summer. We, Daniel, you're not that good a singer. You don't want to do, you don't want to, <laughs> I just don't want to lose you is what I'm trying to do, really. But I uh, know you may get picked, and that'd be, uh, that'd be good, and good for them, bad for us. But, uh, well, I'd like to howdy with you, but uh, we need to get right into the message tonight. Uh, Psalm 118. Don't get nervous. I'd like to read the entire psalm. It's 29 verses. I'm going to let you remain seated, though. And uh, i got a lot I want to say. I'm going to try, I need to get right to it, though, because I'm going to try to be I'm time-restricted tonight. And uh, Psalm 118, I trust that you're hungry for the Word of God tonight. It always tastes better when you're hungry for it. And uh, Psalm 118, you can remain seated again. And uh, let me read uh, the scripture here. Maybe I'll have you read some text verses as we get to them. All 29 verses are actually short, short verses, most of them. So it says this, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations compass me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compass me about, yea, they compass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They can pass me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. I don't know if you've seen a pattern, by the way, as we're reading this psalm. But picture, uh, note the patterns as we read them. The verses, they're, uh, they're in um, similar subjects, three or four verses together, and then the subject seems to change. Verse 13. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song, and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacle of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord is into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. Verse 22. The stone which the builders refused has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. 
verses 20 through 27 through 27. Let's read those in unison if we could. Verses 22 to 27 all together in unison. Ready? The stone which the builders refused has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is a day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifices with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Verse 22, for time's sake, or excuse me, verse 24 is our text verse this evening. And let's read it one more time together. Ready? Verse 24. Ready? This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. One more time. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. My message title is simply, This is the Day. Let's make our prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, this is the day and this is the hour and this is the minute when we get to preach from this wonderful verse and this wonderful psalm. And Lord, this is an appointed time, Lord, to preach to these, whatever there is, 30 people or so. Lord, I thank you for this great privilege. And Lord, I pray that the word of God would come alive. Lord, this word of God is some 2,500, some maybe 3,000 years old. May you speak to hearts, we pray tonight, and we'll thank you for it. pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I still enjoy studying God's word. And uh, I have new Bible helps now. I got this computer that's got like 4,000 books on it now. And and uh, I've got commentaries galore. I probably looked at at least 12, I think 15 different commentaries in regards to Psalm 1-818. I preached from this psalm before. Of course, it's a famous psalm. I'd just like to tell you a few things about the psalm to begin with. It's called an anti, it's an antiphonal psalm. An antiphonal psalm. It was a song that was sung in parts. One, one uh, and we look at verse number two for just a moment. Israel would sing, the whole congregation would sing. Uh, maybe the special singer would sing verse number one. The whole congregation would sing verse number two. The house of Aaron would sing verse number three. And then maybe everybody else would sing verse number four. But then every other psalm, every other verse was sung in parts and rounds. And so this is a, it's an antiphonal psalm. It's uh, also a, probably a post-exilic psalm. What do I mean by that? This psalm, ironically, I looked at all these commentators because nobody can agree. These great commentators going back two, three, four hundred years ago there's, uh, there's controversy with this psalm, maybe more than any other psalm in all of the, of the 150. There's controversy as to the date, there's controversy as to the occasion, and there's controversy to the authorship. Half a dozen authors are, are, are credited as writing this, or could be possible writers, human writers. The dates are all over the board. The dates go all the way from 1000 B.C. to the time of David to 444 B.C. to the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. And everywhere in between, this is a. But most people believe that this is a post-exilic psalm, post-exile psalm. That is, in which case it would have been written after 536 B.C. and probably in the time of, if it was a post-exilic psalm, two authors that are suggested or the writers would be Hezekiah and Ezra, the building of the temple and the building of the walls, of course. And so this is a post-exilic psalm. This is one, the last of the Hallel psalms. Psalm 113 to Psalm 118 are the Hillel Psalms. And this is the last psalm to be sung, many believe, at the, was the last song to be sung at the Passover Supper. So when Jesus said, or the Bible says in the Gospels where they were at the Last Supper and they sang a hymn and went out, many scholars believe this was the last song that they sung 
uh, Jesus sung these words here to Psalm 118, and they probably had these words memorized, of course, like many of the Psalms. It was uh, like we know Amazing Grace, he knew Psalm 118. And so it's a Hallel Psalm. It's a, probably a post-exotic Psalm. It's a antiphonal Psalm. It's a Messianic Psalm. It's a Psalm about Jesus Christ all the way through it. It's also an, it's called an envelope Psalm. There's a few of these envelope Psalms. That you say, what's that, preacher? I'm glad you asked. Look at verse number one. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Now read verse 29 with me. Everybody together, ready? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Did you notice something? The same exact verses. The beginning, the beginning and ending. It begins with thanksgiving, and it says, one commentator that I read wrote, it has deathless grace in it. His mercy endureth forever. And the song was meant to be sung over and over and over again. His mercy endureth forever. Psalm 136 talks about his mercy. Every verse has that phrase in it. His mercy endureth forever. And this is a psalm of deathless grace, endless grace. We talked about grace this morning. It's a psalm of thanksgiving. But, and again, we don't know the date of this psalm. We don't know the authorship. We don't know the occasion for sure, but we have a lot of indicators that we could zero in on. And I want to go to verse number 24 because it is our text verse. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let's try it. Ready? This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Now, if there wasn't enough obscurity as to the date, when it was written, if there's not enough obscurity as to the occasion, what it was written for, or what was the occasion, if the authorship and the, is uh, uh, under debate, this verse, this is the day, all the commentators, and again, a half a dozen of them that I looked at in regards to verse 24 specifically, they all disagree on what the day is. For example, one and just uh, by the way, this message is really called "Front Loaded" on introductory comments, and the message itself will be quick. But what is the day referring to? What is the day that the Lord has made, and the day that we're to rejoice and be glad in it? Well, for years I preached that the day is really the day of atonement, day of atonement, as we like to say it, the day that Jesus Christ died on the cross in Isaiah 53, the messianic. Uh, words there, of course, uh, he hath borne our griefs, and it, it pleased the Lord to bruise him, that God was satisfied with the death of his son, the atonement of his son. This could be the day that the Lord was referring to, this psalm was referring to. This is the day that the Lord has made before the foundation of the world that Christ would die on the cross for your sin and my sin. Maybe this was the day of atonement that God is so happy about because it brokered our freedom and brokered our, brokered our salvation. Others believe that this is a day is in reference to Christ's resurrection. And he is the first fruits of the resurrection. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. He's the first to resurrect from the grave by his own power. And he's the first fruits of the resurrection. So some say it's uh, the day of atonement, the day of his going to the cross. Some say it's the day of his resurrection. Still others say it's a reference to the Lord's, Lord's day, or in other words, Sunday, the first day of the of the week, the first day, the day of resurrection day of the church. 
And uh, it's the first day of the week, and it's the it's day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I hope we look forward to Sunday, being in the house of God. And so still others believe that this day is referring to the entire body, embodiment of, of Christ's first advent, of his coming, in his coming to earth, in his birth, his, the angel, angels sang and rejoiced and, uh, with the shepherds, of course, and, and uh, is, embodies his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his coming again. That This is the day that the Lord has made. And so you see the so-called controversy. But you say, preacher, I'm totally confused now. You don't know the author. You don't know the time it was written. You don't know the occasion. You don't know what day it's talking about. But here's what I know. I, I know four things about this day, first of all. And here's the message this evening. The Bible says, this is the day. And this is the day. This day, first of all, is the first day. This is the first day of the rest of your life. I know we used that statement before, but it's true. The first day of the rest of your life. This is the, this is the day that you decided to come to the house of God. I think, and in, in, of course, uh, reference one more last time, there's a humble, humble crowd here tonight. I think some of the best services I've ever was in in my life was this little New Line Baptist Church. They just voted last week for, they're almost 200 years old now, and they voted last week for their pastor, a new pastor to come in. The vote failed. There were four no votes, and that was enough to fail the vote. There was 19 people that voted, and they needed to get an 80% or something like that. Uh, call for the pastor, four no's and 17 or 16 or whatever it was, uh, yeses, and it didn't pass. And so they don't, they're without a pastor at the moment. But I think of that little country Baptist church, I haven't been in there, I haven't been in the building for 20-something years now. My last service ever in the building was, was when Pastor Bennett uh, was his last Sunday in the house of God, and it was my dad's first Sunday in the house of God. My dad came to church back 20-something years ago, and uh, you, know, you know the rest of that story. But I think in that little humble Baptist church, the many wonderful Sunday night services, we used to have 7.30 Sunday night services back in those days. And there was no air conditioning, by the way. <laughs> and we didn't have fans, as a matter of fact. And I remember it got hot in that auditorium. It had the stained glass windows. And, uh, but I remember when Pastor Ben usually was preaching, we didn't have as many special speakers as I have in our church, or we, we have in our church. But Pastor Ben almost always preached. And um, I grew up on the majority of my time uh, as he was the pastor when I was a little boy. Of course, I didn't go to church there. We had other pastors. But uh, I remember some great services where God worked, and they'd have an altar call, and, and uh, pastor would we'd sing Just As I Am. And I remember coming to an altar as a teenage boy, and, and uh, teenagers, just for the record, I, I'm not embellishing when I say this. I remember coming to an altar, 10, 15, 20 of us kids. We were just teenage kids, and we'd... Uh, me crying at the altar, and we ask the Lord to use us. Mike Patterson, uh, Jenny Patterson was there. Uh, Donnie Adams, I always want to get Donnie Adams out uh, here someday. I'm rambling now, but let me just tell you, Donnie Adams preaches in Broadhead, Wisconsin, the Grace Baptist Church. Uh, Donnie took 11 years to go through Bible college because he believed in no man, no man, nothing. So he, anything, he had to pray for his college up front. So it took him, crammed four years of college into 11. <laughs> and uh, he's been pastor one church his whole life. Grace Baptist Church, he's been there for 30 plus years. Little small farming community, 2,000 people. He's just faithful. Been a, worked at a junkyard for like 25, 30 years. I understand he's full time now at the church. And just faithful to the Lord. He was there in that service. 
by all those people. Lord, I remember those days is what I'm trying to say. Remember when God worked. And so I have a little four-point outline. In fact, let me give you, you need to give the four Ps right now, and I'll give you the whole outline, and we can be done here in three minutes here. No, no it's not going to happen, but it could happen. But uh, what do I know about this as a day? Four things. I know it's a present day, it's a perfect day, it's a praising day, and it's a prosperous day. First of all, it's a present day. The Bible says this is, present tense, this is the day. Today is the day. The here and now. Notice Psalm 118. We'll go to back to verse number one for a moment. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And all God's people said, Amen. He's good. Today he's good. Today he's good. Today he's got mercy in your life. Today he's got, as we looked at this morning, he's got grace in your life. He's got peace that passes understanding in your life. Today, this is the day that the Lord has made. This today, this present day. Now look at verses two, three, and four. It says, let Israel now say, present tense, that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them, then, let them now that fear the Lord say, for his mercy endureth forever. This is the here and now. Today is, today is the best day of your life. Today, July 28th, 2019, the best day of your life. You know why? Because yesterday's gone. Doesn't matter how good yesterday was, it's gone. Could, be a, could have been a bad day, could have been a good day. The best day that you ever had in your life, this day's a better day. Because those days are all gone. Today's the best day of your life because you have no guarantee of tomorrow. The Wiedemeyers were in 815 service this morning. I talked to Brother Mark, it's Rick uh, Wiedemeyer. I referenced him in his 1030 service, but he died at 62 years of age. I met him, I went to a conference with him back a few years ago, me and Mark and Rick is his name, was his name, as it was his name, past tense. He was in his prime, he was in Trinity Baptist College in Jacksonville, Florida, where uh, Reuben Collins went, and he was faithfully serving the Lord, planted a church there in southern Jersey, I'd never been there. But he was serving the Lord, and then he had a stroke in his late 50s, and he had medical problems, and he was dead at 62. We only have one life, will soon be passed, only one son for Christ will last. We may, I never have funerals anymore. Nobody ever dies anymore around here. Everybody lives forever now. But back in the day when I used to have funerals, uh, there's still people that still die, quite frankly. Somebody might die this week. I'm not trying to be morbid. I might die this week. You might die this week. This is a day. Boast not thyself tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. This day is better than tomorrow because you don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. This day is better than yesterday because yesterday is gone forever. So this is the day that the Lord has made. Now rejoice. This is the day of salvation, 1 Corinthians 6, 2. I think I'm preaching too. I don't want to take it for granted. I do it often to, at times, but I think that everybody here is saved, supposedly. You've received Christ now, so accept the time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Uh, Christine, if I could be so bold, I'll, I'll pick on, we're praying for your dad. We're hoping that your, her, her daddy, well, like my daddy, will maybe come to church and maybe get gloriously saved. We're praying for Don Bernard that he'll get saved, of course. And we were hoping he'd be in church this morning. That's okay, he wasn't here, but my next-door neighbor said he was going to come to church one of these days. It blew me away, I don't know. He's not, he wasn't here this morning, but he just said a couple weeks ago that he wanted to come to church. One of these days he might come to church. One of these days, today is the day of salvation. Don't, don't pass it by. Today is the day of service. If, uh, let me ask you a question. If you don't start serving the Lord today, when will you serve him? 
If today's not the day that you say, that's it, I'm all in. Today's not the day that I'm getting back in. Today's not the day that I'm going to start serving the Lord. When are you going to serve the Lord? I'm thinking of somebody in my mind, and i got plenty of somebodies, but a certain somebody. One of these days they're going to serve the Lord. One of these days, last year, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, one of these days they're going to serve the Lord. 20 years plus has gone by now, and there's still one of these days they're going to serve the Lord. That day hasn't come. But this is the present day. Today is the day. Today is the day that we, what I know about Psalm 118, verse 24, today is the day. It's the present day. There's no time like the present that we've said. So this is the present day. It's the present day. It's the day to get saved. You may not have tomorrow to get saved. It's a day, a day of service. You say, I'll serve him someday. No, you won't. Today is the day to serve him. But then secondly, the Bible says, this is the day, present tense, that the Lord hath made. Notice the perfect day. The Lord made it. The perfect days. You know, man is, we're so ungrateful. We take for granted the gift of life. Oh, that's pretty powerful. That's my heart beating with the sound of a microphone. <laughs> it's only beaten by God's permission. And he gives us this gift of life. I mean, some people devalue life. Some people don't, have a, don't realize the, the joy of life. But this perfect day, the Bible says, he doeth all things well. When God created the, the first, and God worked on the first six days, he said, and, and it was good. When he created man, he said, it was very good. Life is a gift of God. Life is sacred. Life is a joy. It's a perfect day. I mean, it's a, it's a great day to, uh, to serve God, and it's a great day to... What, what better day to, to serve him than today? It's a perfect day because he created it. Some, again, reference this day, this perfect day, is the day that Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary to present a perfect sacrifice. He said, it is finished. A perfect sacrifice was given for your perfect salvation, to give you a perfect eternity to give you a perfect life forever and ever and ever. And we're going to go to heaven for one day and one day only. There's no night there. <laughs> and the day lasts for eternity. Think about that. A perfect day. Today is a perfect day. We're saved. And all God's people said, Amen. are you saved tonight? That alone makes us, we're perfect in Christ Jesus. We're, we've been saved by the blood of the crucified one. And uh, this July 28th, it's a perfect day to get the victory in your life. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I've been running a race for a number of years now. The Christian race, I've been running hopefully fairly well. I don't want to default. I don't want to be a castaway. I know some preacher friends of mine that were once pastors and once serving God and something happened in their life and their ministry and they're no longer serving God. I don't want to end as a castaway. I don't want to end having served God for a period of time. I want to finish my course with joy. And uh, Tim, I just looking at you just, I mean, for Tim's kind of a, like a lay preacher. Tim's used in so many ways in the bus ministry, of course, children's church, church for how many years? 20 plus years, it seems like. And uh, been serving God for all these years. It's like, Tim, you're turning into an old man now. You might as well keep on serving the Lord for the rest of your life. It's a, it's a perfect time to just keep on keeping on. Uh, Paul, uh, Brother Jim, uh, could, Brother Wayne, I could, oh, I'm could. i picking on old men. I could pick on some of you ladies too. Sister Jane, and I could just go through the list here. You folks have been serving the Lord for a long time. Why not keep on serving the Lord? It's a perfect time to just keep on keeping on. 
It's a perfect time to keep on getting the victory. It's a perfect day to confess your sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You ever get to the point in your life where you know, maybe a besetting sin or a sin, and you sin so much. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have to repent like every day, like multiple times a day sometimes, you know. It just, it never ends. It's like, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm still, I'm in this robe of flesh. I'm not trying to make an excuse, but, but uh, shouldn't I get to the point of sinless perfection, like the Nazarene says? <laughs> I wish that was true, but it's not true. We're going to fight this wicked flesh till the day we die. It's a perfect day to confess our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He'll cleanse us again. You know, babies need to be changed. Their diapers need to be changed on a regular daily basis. Did you know that? Several times a day, as a matter of fact. They still mess up, no pun intended. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're like babes in Christ and we mess up. And sometimes we don't grow up and we're carnal and we, we have hard times. And look at that. What's, what's your name? We've got visitors here tonight. Amen. And I told you they'd be here. We were just tattling. We were talking about you guys here. There they are, back from Pennsylvania here, of course. But, uh, so this is a perfect day to confess your sins. This is a perfect day to, to begin with a clean slate. It's a perfect day to start all over again. This is, his mercies are new every morning. I wanted to use that verse this morning. I didn't, I didn't make the, the proverbial message cut. Uh, greatest thy faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. It's a perfect day. It's a present day. It's a day to get saved. It's a day of service. It's a perfect day. It's a day to confess your sins. It's a day to get to victory. It's a day to begin with a clean slate. But then thirdly, this is a day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice. It's a praising day. You know heaven is going to, the Lord inhabits the praises of Israel. Just for, a re, just for a reality check. How many of you, don't raise your hand, I don't want to see your hands. How many spend some of your, part of your day complaining? <laughs> Griping. Maybe to yourself, you know, a pity party. You know, griping and moaning and complaining. I, I say, you know, I go from praise to, to, uh, to uh, frustration. The moment I go home and I turn on my Fox News at night, I just, I just start getting upset. I just go from I'm happy to bad. Like, uh, take care of that, whoever that person is that I'm upset at, at the moment. Griping and complaining, then we, we tend to do that, don't we? But praise is not a, an option. Praise is a command. It's not a choice to rejoice. It's a command to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4, 4, we used to this morning. And again, I say rejoice. Psalm 150, we got time. Turn there. I want you to see Psalm 150. Last Psalm, it's, there, it's the last Psalm for a reason. Psalm 150, now hurry up, get there quick. Come on, you preacher, and take longer if, you, if you're slow here. If you hurry up, we'll get there fast and we'll read fast. Let's read the whole psalm together, all right? Psalm 150, verses 1 to 6. Nice and loud. Ready? Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. God says praise the Lord. It's not a choice. It's a, it's a command to praise him. Every day will I praise him. Praise him daily. And uh, God's called us to praise him. Uh, we can choose to accept the command and begin to be faithful in our praise and worship to the Lord every Sunday in the house of God. 
uh, many years ago, we were in Middletown, New York, or Middletown, Ohio, excuse me. Uh, we were there on a snowstorm Sunday. I've given this story, it's about maybe 15 years ago. We went to uh, one of these mega churches from my sister uh, in near Dayton, Ohio, on Sunday morning services, a church they went to, and i be honest with you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been my first choice of churches to go to, but that's where we went. And it was a cut and dry service. It was uh, choreographed to the very minute. It was, it was, it was that two large screens up there. I've talked about it before. It was a, uh, I could summarize the church in one word. It was a smooth church. Everything was, ah. Oh. I actually kind of felt good about it. It was like a smooth, mellow. Everything was wonderful. Choreographed right to the very second in one hour service, I mean, within five seconds of one hour flat, the service was over. And uh, the thousand of us walked out. Well, that night we went to an old country Baptist church. They were, had a big church too. They were running several hundred people, three or four hundred people. It was hot preaching that night, Grace Baptist Church in Middletown, Ohio. God worked in a great way, and the invitation was given. And we were at the mega church on Sunday morning. Nobody came to an altar. They didn't have an altar call, I don't think. That Sunday night day, we're in this old-fashioned gospel preaching church. Altar called dozens and dozens, scores of people at the altar. God was doing a great work of grace. There's a man that got up and gave a testimony that night. He was a young man. He'd been going to church for 50 years. Then he said, and he wasn't bragging. I really think he was giving God the glory. And I remembered his name for years, but I forgot it now. He's probably in heaven now, given his age. But he said, uh, he gave a testimony, and it was a sign, I forgot to tell you this part, there was a major snowstorm in southern Ohio that day, and then the day before. I mean, everything was closed down, and they barely got churches open Sunday morning uh, down by Cincinnati there, of course. And, and uh, so they got the doors open, and they had church Sunday night. I guess they had it Sunday morning too, I suppose. But the man gave this testimony. He said, by God's grace, he said, I decided I was going to live for the Lord many years ago. And by God's grace, he, the preacher had him come up and get to the pulpit. And he says, I haven't missed a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night service in 50 years. And he says, and uh, I, I, didn't, I was afraid with the snowstorm. He mentioned in reference to snowstorm. He said, I was afraid we might have to miss a Sunday. And only for snowstorms did he, in the house of God close down did he ever miss. But 50 years, he chose to rejoice in the Lord. It's a praising day. This is the day. This is a present day. It's a perfect day, which the Lord hath made. He made today, July 28th. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice, not maybe rejoice, maybe we'll rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it. And then I want you to notice number, verse number, go back to Psalm 118, I have to go back there myself. I want you to notice it's not only a present day, a perfect day, a praising day, but it's a prosperous day. See, what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, look at verse 25. Save now. You know the Hebrew word for those two words together? You do. You just don't know you do. When I say it, you'll say, I knew that. Are you ready? How many think you know that? You know it. Okay, here's the word. Save now. Hosanna. Remember when Jesus came and made his triumphal entry? This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The Pharisees say, we're not doing nothing. But the, loving, the crowd that loved him said, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, save now. We have heard a joyful sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. 
O Lord, I beseech thee, send now, notice the word, prosperity. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifices with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. It's a prosperous day. America, the great tragedy in America right now, Ravenhill said it this way, the old evangelist, the old revivalist, the great, greatest tragedy in America is that there is no tragedy. We're, we live in an age of prosperity where we forget God. America is doing good prosper, prosperity-wise, and unemployment rates are low, and people are buying and, and selling and so forth, and we're, I mean, well, I know we live in Connecticut, but that's another story, but the truth be told, uh, we've, we've been blessed. The world is in prosperity overall, generally speaking, and I know I'm painting with a broad brush. America's in prosperity, but we're in spiritual poverty. I'm not talking about this is a prosperous day financially or economically or materially. This is meant to be a spiritual, a prosperous day, spiritually speaking. Save now, Lord, I beseech thee. Save now, Lord, I beseech thee. Send now prosperity. This prosperity of blessing. Verse 26, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. This is, uh, this is uh, the house of the Lord where we praise him, praise him. Jesus, our blessed redeemer, we get to praise him all day, all night. We get to praise him in the house of God Sunday morning, and we choose to do it Sunday night again. This blessing and praying for prosperity and this, this blessing. And then it says these words, and you know, just a superficial reading, you couldn't see a connection, but verse 27, God is the Lord. He's our Lord. We're going to live with him forever and ever and ever, and he's going to prosper his servants, which hath showed us light. And then it says these words, bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. We are to be living sacrifices. But in the Old Testament tabernacle offerings, they were to take the, remember, the best lambs, the best oxen, the best, they weren't to take any cattle with blemishes or uh, infirmities or sick. No, no, they had to take the very best and give your best to the master. And it was said that the, the, in the Hebrew saying, the Hebrew saying, the beast said, were offered or chosen in sacrifice were the most struggling beast. You see, they used they 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 got their best ox, their best uh, cow, if you will, their best sheep, their best ram, their best goat, their best sheep, and the the best one would be the strongest as well as the best looking. And they would have to bind them at the altar because they were going to be sacrificed. And the, the, the animal might be sensed what was going on. I don't want to get on a gross graphic subject, but, but I worked at Royal Meat Slaughterhouse as a freshman in Bible college, Daniel. Maybe we worked at a slaughterhouse. We, were, we had a small slaughterhouse in Watertown. It had, we only slaughtered, I'm, 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 I'm not teasing when I say it was a small slaughterhouse. We only slaughtered 50, 60 head a day, which in the grand scheme of things on the Midwest is a very small slaughterhouse. Well, I was on the cleanup crew. And, uh, but I saw, we'd, we'd go in and they'd usually be, they'd be finished up by the time I got there, but they had the long cattle gate or the, this, just uh, steel bars and they'd just herd these cattle in one right after another and they're going to their execution. And uh, they're going to be slaughtered. They didn't know what they were, was going to happen to them and they got, they, they, the way the, the pens worked, was, uh, 
there's, there's no going back. You're going in, and I could see those cows bucking around, and the like they knew what was happening. Pardon me, they never felt a thing. They'd take a 22 bullet, boom, uh, to the brain, and then lop his head off, and then the rest of the process is very fast. And that's all. Uh, I'm sure they do that a big, 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 big Y in uh, in the meat section here. But uh, but those animals, they they were unwilling sacrifices. You say, preacher, where are you going with this one? What will this end? This prosperous day when I said I'm going to be a willing sacrifice. When you said, I'm going to give my, my best of the strength of my youth to my master. I'm going to give the very best. I'm going to have my life be a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I, I was seeing on television, I can't think of the guy's, guy's name, and it's probably good that I can't think of his name, but that pervert billionaire from New York City that knows all the rich people, and he's, he's uh, knew the last several presidents, of course, and he's, he's, uh, he's on trial for child molestation, pardon me for being so graphic. He's worth billions of dollars. He owns islands. He's got, uh, you know, he's, a, he's a, the proverbial worldly playboy. He's on his way to hell forever and ever and ever. He thinks his days are spent uh, in uh, enjoyment and so forth, but his days are coming to an end here very soon. And then in the meantime, there's people like you that faithfully serve the Lord, that don't become a billionaire, don't even become a millionaire for that matter. Don't, don't, don't forget to own an island. You've never even been to an island. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have time to go on vacation because you can't afford a, a two-week Caribbean cruise or whatever. Maybe you can. If you can, great for you. But, but you're serving the Lord. You give the offers. You sacrifice your offerings. You give tents to the Lord in the way of a tithe. You give to faith promise missions. You sacrifice. You go without so that others might have, and you go out for the gospel's sake. The Bible says, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We'll be glad when God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. So what do I know about Psalm 118, verse 24? This is the day. It's the present day. Now is the best time to start serving the Lord. It's a perfect day. The Lord made it after all. Made this beautiful, and it is a beautiful day out there, isn't it? It's a gorgeous day. We rejoice in it and thank God for his goodness in our lives. It's a praising day. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And it's a prosperous day. We'll be, said it, we'll be, be able to sing the song, it will, it, was not, it will be worth it all, but it was worth it all. I'd like to sing uh, close, and I asked uh, Sherry if she knew the song. It's a fairly new song. It's only like 40 years old. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, page 123 in the hymn book. It's Frank Garlock's song. I met Frank Garlock before. He's He's, I think he's still alive. He's got to be around 90 if he's still alive. He's down in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, he wrote this song, Maybe Today My Lord Will Come For Me. Maybe today. It could be today. This could be the day of the dawning of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, ah, I bet it won't, preacher. If you're placing bets, you're probably going to win. But one of these days, <laughs> we're all going to win when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back again. For every child of God, we'll look forward to that day. Heavenly Father, Thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, this present day. Thank you for this perfect day. You've made it, Lord. It's got to be good. 
Thank you, Lord, for it's a day of praising. You called us to let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Lord, it's a perfect day. And the fact that, Lord, one day it's a prosperous day. In fact, that one day we're going to be prospered forever and ever and ever and in heaven forever and ever. Lord, now's the day. Now's the accepted time. And, Lord, it could be today before tonight is out, before midnight hour strikes midnight. You could come today. We look forward to that, Lord. We, we pray as the, in the epistle we say, even so, come, Lord Jesus. May we even come today, we pray. Lord, help us to serve you until then. May this day be the day of service. And we'll thank you for it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand, 123 it is.